Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show discussing the wonderful world of landscape photography. This time I'm joined by Davey Rogers to talk about his landscape photography journey. Davey hails from the Sapphire Coast on the southeastern corner of New South Wales. His work reflects his deep connection to the place he grew up in and focuses on the pristine natural beauty of the surrounding area. We talk about how his location, the weather and seasons shape his photography, discuss his commercial work as well as his passion for seascapes and a bit about some plans he has to help reinvigorate his local community after the relentless impacts of bushfires and the pandemic. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Davey, welcome to the podcast. How are you going? Good, Grant. Thanks for having me on, mate. Ah, absolute pleasure. I'm really uh, chuffed to be talking to you. It's, um, I mean, we, we spoke a, a little while ago on the on the phone when I first asked you, and uh, you know, ever since you you've definitely been high on the list, and and well, prior to the phone call, you were high on the list to to, to ask to get on because uh, I, a I love the South Coast, and uh, b I, I certainly love your work. Oh, thanks, mate. I, I love the South Coast too, and uh, you know you, you're really excited to chat because uh, I'll chew your ear off about this place for hours. <laughs> well, I've I've got plenty of time, and I hope our listeners have uh, got the time as well. We'll uh, we'll just see how we go for time, and uh, we'll we'll just chat and you know make it up as we go along, as as I always do. This way. absolutely so can you tell me the davy rogers story davy rogers story well um it's a a simple one but uh you know i was uh born on the sapphire coast not not too long ago and um then you know moved to the city like like everyone does and worked in advertising and media yep and uh just decided i was really sick of the rat race one day and um, decided to quit my job and move back down to the Sapphire Coast to follow a dream of photography. So Fantastic. Right <laughs> so how long ago was it that you uh, packed it in up here in Sydney? It's coming up to five years now and it's gone really quickly and, and um, you know, I felt like I've covered a lot of things from that in that time. Yeah. You know, not only with my photography but you know, been through down here, you know, two big bushfires and now COVID and kind of, you know, has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works with my plans, but, um, you know, it's been a, been a great journey so far. Oh, fantastic. So you're, you're full-time photography now and, or, or do you, yeah, I, or are you backing it up with other things? I'm backing it up with other things, but, um, you know, I do do uh, digital marketing for a couple of clients um, as well, but I'm slowly sort of, you know, supplementing that work out for more photography. You know, I'm picking up more and more jobs um, as I go on, which is, you know, great. It's it's what I wanted to achieve and I'm achieving it. It's also, you know, I've got my finger in a few different pies. you know, it's not only doing commercial work, but I also have my own side of things, you know, selling prints and yep. so, yeah. And so the, the, the prints you sell, they're mostly landscapes or are they oh, I, Yeah, landscapes. It's all icons. Everyone wants the icons. You know, I've tried to be all arty <laughs> with my selling my print, but no, everyone wants, you know, Tartra Wharf or uh, Van yeah. or... <laughs> You know, the boat sheds at Marimbula, they're the best sellers, so I run with it. Yeah, no, I, love I think my... Uh, well, you, my, you make what sells. That, that's Yeah, that, exactly. That's business, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm still going to go down the art side and keep keep going down there. One day that's I might sell something arty and then I'll, yeah. then I'll be happy. <laughs> so just, just on the commercial side, so what, what sort of commercial work are you doing? Uh, advertising or tourism or...? Yeah, it's it it is um, advertising for s- small clients and tourism. Um, you know, my my background is in publishing and advertising, so I, you know, I have got that sort of background where I, you know, can talk to clients and can work out strategies and work out what um, photos they need that tell a story yeah. that sort of product. So it's just that natural progression from my 
you know, from my past work to sort of, you know, extend that flow through to photography and, you know, talk to clients and talk about their goals and what they want to achieve and then do the photography from there. That's yeah, fantastic. But it is sort of, you know, very much lifestyle and touristy. You know, I, I worked in uh, magazine publishing for a long time and you know, one of my longest stints was on the Qantas in-flight magazine, which had okay. beautiful photography. And I think that's, you know, maybe probably did have a big influence on me, you know, looking at all those great travel products. And, um, yeah, they, they, there's a certain standard, a certain style required to... Uh, exactly. So, and, and, and I think that's that's been a big influence. So I, I try and keep it stylish with my commercial work. So do you stay fairly local with your photography or do you get out and about? Uh, I will... I keep it. I keep it local to the Sapphire Coast and, and a bit beyond. Um, it's just easy driving distance, you know. With particularly with uh, what's going on now with lockdown as well, yeah, you know, I'm just shooting, I'm just shooting in my own backyard, and you know what a backyard! It's it's fantastic. So yeah. there's enough here to keep me going. Um, all I'd, the time. I'd love and, a backyard like that. <laughs> yeah, same. same. And it, and it's lucky, you know, the photos that I'm taking from the backyard. Um, luckily, I can feed those back into the uh, tourism group down here, and also clients um, looking for you know, travel inspiration for their websites and so forth. Uh, yeah, I can feed it all back in. So there's enough to keep me going strong down here. You know, it is a big tourist region, and tourism is one of the big, you know, probably the biggest industry down here. So there's definitely yeah. enough going on to keep. Photographers interested, yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Well, you're you're certainly known for your uh, fantastic uh, landscape stuff and seascapes in particular, and you know, um, obviously, as you said, you know, all of the icons. Where, where, where's your favourite spot other than maybe the icons? Because everyone's going to say, oh yeah, well, Camel Rock or Horsehead or you know, Marimbula Boathouse or whatever. Yep. What, what what would be your go to? Well, my go-to, well, do you know, really, I suppose it goes back to, you know, I, I love getting into pure nature and, um, you know, any of the national parks down here are my favourite. And, you know, it, it does go back to, you know, why I left the city in the first place. You know, I, I was admittedly a bit burnt out from my job and, you know, when I left, I really took 12 months off to come down here and just you know, just get right into photography. And, and for me, it was a, um, you know, I wasn't looking to commercialise it. I, you know, selfishly took 12 months off and was like, you know, I'm going to do this. And, and um, you know, I, ju I just sort of sought out places that were just naturally beautiful, you know, and it was kind of like my meditation as, you know, I think a lot of landscape photographers, um, that's why they do it as well. It's just to, to get in that great headspace and connect with nature and Absolutely, totally, yeah. totally chill out and get in the zone. So, you know, anywhere that's, um, you know, it's, it's great to photograph icons, you know, particularly buildings, but I, I love getting into sort of those pure nature experiences where... Um, and the, you, you're spot for choice down there too. If there's spot for choice. Yeah, but, you know, to be honest, uh, Mimosa Rocks National Park would have to be my favourite spot of all time. And it, it's a big national park and it covers, it must have about, probably about 15 different beaches and inlets yeah. on it. So there's multiple places to go, whether it's sunrise or sunset. You know, it's good in flat surf or huge surf or... Yep. You know, different coves that protect you from different wind directions and so much choice and it's uh it's just one of those magic spots and i'm happy to to go in there and just you know spend a whole week shooting in there it's yeah I'm, I'm very much the same uh i was down that way staying actually in tarthra back in uh december last year or oh, november december and uh you know the, the the fact that mimosa was so accessible there and had so many and then they're not necessarily as you say the iconic places but there's just so many places in that 
national park that you can get to. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I remember one particular morning down at Araganoo, um, and it was, you know, literally nobody else there. And th that's one of the other things I really like about it is the solitude. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, it, it was just one of those really nice mornings where conditions, they weren't perfect, you know, it wasn't, you know, that banging red sky or anything, but the, it, there was nice light, there was nice swell and, you know, so, some really nice compositions were able to be found. It was uh, it was a nice not, nice morning out, you know. Oh, <laughs> but, it's a great morning out. And, and it's rarely you see anyone out. It's either, you know, you, you come across a few early morning fishermen and then, you know, in the dark and then maybe just after the sun comes up, the odd surfer will come out. But there's never anyone around here. Yeah. Really came, came across a few wallabies and uh, a couple of wombats on the track down there at about... Oh, yeah, they'll scare the crap out of you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, other than that, it was uh, it was pretty lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So have you uh, done much shooting internationally or are you sort of a, a more of a homebody? Well, you know, that was the plan. I, I um, When I sort of left work, I, I did a few trips overseas. I shot, I went to Peru and uh, Peru and Patagonia. Nice. Yep. Um, in that, that first two years and did a lot in Tasmania as well. Yep. And then well, just before, Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I really, really missed it. And then, um, you know, when the, when the, before the bushfires even and uh, through COVID, I had plans. I was you know, about to head off to New Zealand and then the bushfires happened. And yeah. last year I was uh, planning, you know, Iceland and Japan and it just all fell aside. So, you know, my international dreams of travelling have just been shattered. But, yeah, like everyone. But, yeah, no, I'm still happy. I'm, I'm making the most of it down here and keeping myself pretty occupied. It's, uh, you know, it's a good good opportunity, I think, to sort of grow your techniques. And, yeah. Uh, and, that. and even if you, you know, get a bit bored of doing the same places all the time, you, you sort of work out new things to do. So... Sure. Uh, you know, I've been in lockdown here and, you know, I, I try and do sunrise and sunsets most days, um, but also now I'm working on a bit of a, uh, a stock shot project for the area. So, nice. you know, and that's that's something I can recommend people can get into as well. It's, uh, you know, you can make money from it. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, do your sunrise and sunsets and get those great artistic shots with the colour and then, you know, after you've finished, uh, go do a hike and, uh, you know, collect a series of photos, both, you know, vertical and horizontal portrait formats and uh, get them in daylight, you know, get a couple of your friends with backpacks on and get them on the track and yeah. just whip up a nice little series of stock shots and put them away and there'll be someone, someone, uh, Will be bound enough to. Yeah, you got you got to make sure they've either got a yellow or a red jacket, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Get the <laughs> yeah. boots and looking all hipster and a beard. Right. Yeah. Uh, one, of, yeah. one of those Boy Scout hats. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so, is there anything I guess about the pandemic that's changed your attitude towards travelling and photography? We, you talked about, you know, it's. I mean, every, everybody's sort of international travel dreams have been sort of put on hold because of it. But, uh, you know, has it changed your attitude at all? Or? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, um, it's. I mean, I've had to really, you know, talk myself into being optimistic and not to get, you know, too depressed or anything like that. It's, um, you know, it's easy when you're locked in to, to you know, maybe... You know, get down in the dumps, but you know, yeah. I, I I'm just making sure I get out and uh, take as many photos as I can, and you know, maybe I don't publish them, but I I um, just have them in the background, as I say, you know, go go on a bushwalk and and uh, do you know, create some stock shots and grow things that way, you know, practice your your travel or daytime photography. That's right. But, yeah. 
but um, you know, also at the start of the um, start of lockdown, I, I upgraded my camera equipment and went mirrorless to the to the Canon R5. Yeah. I bought all new lenses as well, so that's kept me occupied for the last couple of years. I've, I've loved uh, upgrading and you know buying some nice serious glass and testing everything out. So yeah. you know just. Upgrading that um, my whole system has opened up a lot of tun- opened up a lot of opportunities with you know, new shooting. I've, I've uh, bought a, a tele lens an RF one hundred to five hundred, which I love using now. Like yeah. going out and um, yeah, I've heard, heard good things about that lens, and the oh, oh. I mean, I've heard, heard good things about the R system. Uh, you know, uh, uh, across the board. I mean, there's, there's a couple of uh, bodies, I think one of the, one or two of the early ones were a bit bit short on features, but um, yeah. How are you finding the R five? Ah, mate, I, I actually love it. It's um, I mean, not only is it sort of just an upgrade on everything. I I, I upgraded from the Canon sixty Mark two to the R five, okay. which is a huge jump. It's like, um, but it's been great. Just the you know the inbuilt stabilization is incredible. You know I. Uh, ditch the tripod on basically half my shots. You know, I can do handheld shots now up to, yeah. you know, I can just push half a second, but, you know, a third of a second and a quarter of a second, no problems at all. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's good enough for getting a, uh, a worthwhile flow shot, definitely. For, yeah. Exactly. You know, that quarter second mark is to a, to a third of a second is about your, your sweet spot, isn't it? Depending yeah. On the yeah, no, I... I yeah, I love it. It's um, you know, I used to be kind of, you know, my my I suppose my long exposures got shorter and shorter as the years. You know, I used to love doing flows and waves on one second, and then I went down to half second, and now yeah. I'm kind of, you know, point four or even point three of a second. I, I think I, you know, I, I, I still pop pop the odd seven minute one just for. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of either. Either I love like totally filtering up and doing a two minute sort of and making everything, you know, yeah, super, make everything very misty and glassy, misty and glassy, or I'm um, you know down to point three per second. I've kind of skipped that whole in between thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's probably 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 not much there in that in that in between area, is there? Something? No, <laughs> depends, depends on what it is, I guess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's if there's some nice uh, you know high level cloud moving moving reasonably quickly with a bit of breeze, you can you can get into that mid section where you get some nice streaks across the cloud, but uh, across the sky. But yeah, other than that, as I say, I, don't, I think you find as you, as you hone your skills and you know hone the craft, you you tend to polarize some of your shooting a little bit to you know yeah. really short exposures or those. You know, shorter, long exposures. Yeah, that's exactly. Or we go big, and you know, you put a ten stop on, and you're there for you know three, four, five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly what I'm where I'm at at this point. So yeah. it's um. But even um, you know, I'm kind of branching, not branching away, but I'm even having more fun doing landscape with a tele lens now as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rather than it adds a really different dimension to you know how you, how you shoot and also what you can shoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just uh, shooting, you know, mountains in the distance and you know mountain ranges and you know waves crashing in and uh, hitting rocks in the distance and bombies and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> yeah, super yeah. fun, super fun with the telegrams. Yeah, definitely. So, are there anything you know? You've got a fairly uh, unique style, but you can also see, I guess, elements of some of that travel and advertising sort of style in in some of your work. Not, you know, not all of it. But um, are there any particular things that you think that you're doing that might be different to others? And you know, why? What 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 are they? What are the tricks that you've picked up? Then, and, and why do you do them? Why have you hung on to those tricks? Ooh, good question. But um, I suppose it's maybe it's not tricks. It's maybe it's just having that home advantage of uh, of where I am. That you know I've got that that 
the benefit of being able to revisit places over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. You know, if a lot of, you know, people might be familiar down here with the, you know, they come come and get the horsehead rock or the camel rock shots and, you know, they really get what they get on the day or the weekend that they're down here. Yeah, your conditions yeah. aren't always ideal. And, yeah. yeah, correct. And, and you know, the, the, the photos which I sort of, you know, post on social media, it's very rarely I get to a location and, you know, get the first shot on that single time. I, you know, I'll go back and back and back and go back in different conditions and really kind of, you know, study the area. You know, I'll even go through the day and not take my camera and just to get a really good feel of what's going on at that location. You know, is it a sunset spot? Is it a better sunrise spot? What wind direction it works best in? And, you know, is it good for a coloured sky or a blue sky? or Better in um, winter versus summer or autumn. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I'll really just do a lot of test work and hang on to that print and build something up in my head. And then, you know what, you just sort of keep going back and then one day everything, you know, all the conditions come together and you get that shot. And that's when I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm happy with that one now. So that's good. So that's that's the approach I take. I kind of will find a location and really kind of, you know, study it and go back and back and again and really work on a shot that I've got in my head. Um, yeah. yeah before I probably that's that's probably where my photos are different from everyone else's. <laughs> uh, fair, fair enough. And yeah. uh, all power to you. You know, you, you live in a great part of the world, and uh, you've you, you've got a, a fair chunk of it to yourself. I mean, there, there there are a few others floating around down that way, but not many, um, and certainly not many of the the standard of, of your stuff. Oh, thanks, mate. But yeah, no, there's some great. I've got some. Uh, there are there are uh, a great bunch of photographers down here, so it's uh, really really fun to hang out with them and go out shooting. But uh, yeah, there's some there's some there's some great photographers down here. Yeah. And it's always good catching up with people too. I, you know, I like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People come down from Burmey for to Burmagui for the weekend and uh, get in contact. So you know. Anyone listening, if they come down this way, yeah, shoot me a note and I'm really happy. You know, I love catching up with people that come come down and going out for a shoot and a beer afterwards. So, yeah. yeah I was uh, talking to um, Serena Jackson uh, a, a few episodes ago. And, uh, she, she mentioned that she's uh, planning to come and uh, park a camper van on your front lawn. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Serena had her, you know, photography experience down here. That 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 sunrises that that changes people and gets them totally addicted. I yeah. I went with Serena out. We went to uh, Bonder Island in Bonder National Park, and nice. Um, we had this most incredible sunrise. It wasn't so much a, you know, not a, a red burner. But it was just one or more of those golden sunrises that just went on forever, and the yep. you know crepuscular rays were going, and yeah. things were looking up, and it just just went on went on for about half an hour, and I was watching Serena shoot, and her jaw was dropped, and, <laughs> and uh, I think straight after that she ran back to Sydney and bought a whole set of new equipment and became a photographer. So it was good watching uh, people find their photography moments when they come. Yeah, she, she she talked a little bit about that, but uh, she she said she's she's bought herself a camper van, so she's. Uh, oh yes, yes. Uh, that that was the pre-COVID plan, and COVID's obviously put the kibosh on that. But uh, <laughs> she, she's uh, she definitely said that she'll come and park on your lawn for a few days anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone's welcome. Come on down. <laughs> Uh, so what what about your uh, processing? Do you uh, or actually, I'll, before I get to that, let's uh, let's talk about your um, your, your planning. Um, how, how how much planning do you put into a shoot? Oh, lots of planning. Yeah, lots lots of planning. Um, I mean, I would say everything's planned with my shoots. I, I don't leave anything to chance. I'll um, you know. I'm always keeping my eye on the weather conditions and tides and what time sunrises is and winds. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of uh, work like that. And it's much, you know, much like surfing. You know, I grew up surfing where you, you do keep an eye on 
conditions and yep. you would be in tune with what's going on. And in the back of your mind, you've always got, okay, what place is going to work well under these conditions? So I, you know, go and do that. So whether it, even if it's a, a blue sky day, you know, I love getting out and, uh, you know, if it, you know, there's going to be a blue sky sunrise. I'll think, okay, you know what? I'm going to get take the drone. I'm going to shoot yep. backward that that's one of these headlands and get that first little bit of sunlight. Yeah, that horizontal light. light. Yeah, yeah. Or if you know there's chance of cloud, and I'll be in some swell and it's a high tide. I'll be like, oh well, I'll go to Aragonu and do that. Yep. Or, or you know, depending on depending on. But yeah, I'm always reading conditions and I'm kind of loving it more and more. Particularly, um, one thing I am I'm a little bit obsessed about at the moment is the uh, full moon rise. I don't know why, but it's just my you think I think I've found a couple of locations that the the full moon sort of comes up over. So I've been uh, yeah. chasing chasing the full moon rise over a couple of cool. things, which which I love. It's a really you know shooting the moon is a lot harder than it actually sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know depending on the conditions you know you gotta you gotta manage your dynamic range you gotta you know manage the yep. movement of the moon and the earth and everything that uh yeah it moves quick the moon the moon yeah you'd be surprised by the time it comes up and you realize you're standing in the wrong spot and you're gonna bolt to somewhere else and then yeah, it's yeah. moved it's uh it's I, I remember when i first got a, a telescope as a a, a young teenager and um you know putting it up and you could see you know all the craters and everything and you know you'd call my brother to come and have a look and by the time he came outside it was no longer in in the frame so yeah. you had to go and change it and set it all up and <laughs> line it yeah. all up again Not by exactly. which time he got bored and went back inside so <laughs> It's a real rush and, uh, you know, yeah. I kind of admire all the uh, Sydney photographers when, you know, the full moon happens. It's, uh, you know, this Yeah, there's, there's probably a lot more things that you can line it up on in, in Sydney. You've got, uh, yeah, got, got the, the really jealous. Skyscrapers and a few lighthouses. There's, uh, yeah, yeah, the Opera House and Harbour Bridge. It's, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I always like seeing the full moon shots that come out of Sydney uh, you yeah. know, the day, the morning after. Really, really People are getting really creative with their moon shots. Love it. So for people that don't know the Sapphire Coast in particular, yep. you know, what would be the best way to describe it? Obviously very coastal, but, you know. it's Yeah, it's coastal. It's pristine. It's quite dramatic. You know, it's, um, it's cold. You know, it's not, it's not your, your Byron Bay in... Beachy, it's it's it, it is nice in summer, but in, in winter it's really cold down here, and yeah, yeah, the ocean's icy, so it's kind of quite dramatic, you know. You, you get you get that southerly uh, swirl, um, uh, oh yeah, current coming up the coast that sort of drags water up from around the bottom of Tasmania where it's nice and cold and oh, keeps yeah. things cool. <laughs> it's it's cool, so it's sort of you know it's um, nice to. You know, get out. I, I much prefer going out in winter and you know shooting around here. It's just got this great, um, you know, quietness, but still rawness and yeah, yeah. It, you know, the, the waves and you know, you probably know everyone knows how dramatic the coastline is down here with the rocks and yeah, plenty of these stacks. Yeah, stacks and coves and headlands and it's just it's just you know sport the choice with all that so it's it's really nice but it is a challenge trying to get um you know with your photography to actually bring out the feeling of winter down here because yeah, yeah. I, I would say the skies are not much different between a you know a, a blue sky day in summer it looks like a blue sky day in winter but trying to bring out that um that coldness of the area down here is is a challenge, which you know I, I haven't mastered yet. But I, I love it when in the middle of winter when you get sea mists and big seas, and uh, you know really that's when I love using the telly lens and trying to capture capture that cold coldness of the coast. I suppose. So, yeah. well, I guess one thing that 
uh, a lot of people probably do recall, particularly from uh, 2019, 2020, was uh, the devastation that was caused by the bushfires down there. What what was your experience in that period? Oh, man, that was that was pretty horrific. The bushfires, but you know, a lot of people know about the um, you know the the Black Summer bushfires, which happened recently. But you know, two years before that, um, yep. Tarthra itself actually got hit by a bushfire. Yeah, it was a very localized one that started in the um, you know, inland and the wind was blowing in the right direction and just blew in straight into town and took out about, you know, a hundred houses. You know, I lost um, my neighbours three houses on one side and down the street lost another five um, neighbours. And that was a real blow for the town. It was, yeah. um, you know, that was really dramatic. And, uh, and then, you know, two years later, we, you know, the drought, kept going and we had the Black Saturday. So that was, uh, yeah, that was, you know, just when you think things couldn't get any worse and then COVID hit. So it's been a gradual build-up of natural disasters, I suppose. And um, But, yeah, the, the bushfires were just horrific for anyone was, that was down here at the time, um, you know, particularly for the tourism industry, they happen right in the middle of, you know, right over Christmas. And, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was, you know, one of the things I recall, all the, all the roads were closed. There was only one road out of town that was, you know, you had to go from Batemans Bay and travel down the coast and inland and around and then back up to Canberra. It was just a, about four days of a convoy of cars and trailers and boats just all heading trying to get out of town. It's uh, yeah, really third world, you know. It's um, yeah, something you don't want to have to experience again. It's just no, I can imagine. I can imagine. Mm. So you were, I guess, lucky enough not to lose any property or anything or have any damage around your place at all or? No, definitely, definitely. No, my uh, my place was fine, but it's, you know you realise that in these small communities, um, you know, you you become directly affected in other ways. Like the, yeah, yeah. the owner of the, the cafe might live next door, and then the cafe closes down, or you know things stop because people are directly affected. And yeah. there was a. Uh, not only sort of economically, but, um, you know, in people's, um, people, there was a lot of grief and, um, you know, people were actually really struck hard, um, you know, mentally with this as well. There was there's still yeah. people recovering from that um, who were, you know, living in the shadows. So it's, it's a really, you know, it's, been great to see community get together and just try and lift these people up who have been really sort of deeply affected just through little things like concerts and, and you know nights at the pubs and raffles and things like that. But it's that's what you realise when you move to the country. It's no, well, it's I strong it, it, it does people have been all about community, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, one thing that um, you know, which I was thinking after the Tartar fires, it's like. You know, what, what can I do to help out? I've, I'm pretty hopeless at saving an animal and I'm not a firefighter. And what can I do to help out? And, you know, after the, uh, the fires, um, you know, after, the, after they're all um, being put out, you know, I approached the, the local Chamber of Commerce for Tartra and, you know, told them this. I was like, you know, I'd love to help out. One thing I can do is take photos and manage a social media account. So I set up. Uh, an account for Tartra called Visit Tartra on Facebook and Instagram and nice. just, uh, you know, fit in all my landscape photos and worked with the different businesses around and, you know, took photos of different cafes and businesses and helped them out and fed them into, you know, the social media to help generate, you know, a bit of online business for them, which is still going strong today. So that's been, been lots of fun. So, and I think that's where, you know, photographers can help out Definitely, yeah. um, local communities. You know, there's a, businesses these days are screaming out 
the, the content to run online and uh, what better way to help out a community or a town or a cause you give a photographer by providing people with some professional looking images. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, nice. Well, I was talking to uh, Josh Birkinshaw a little bit uh, a little while ago as well. And, uh, you know, one of the things he mentioned was he, he'd been having a chat to you about a, uh, a possible event once lockdown ends. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts about that? And, you know, is there, is there a way that I can help or, you know, get involved? Yeah. I mean, um, I think everyone's going to be itching for something to do. And, you know, I was chatting, I was ch- just chatting with Josh and, um, you know, He's an awesome guy and he's a real great ambassador for the South Coast as well. And we were just talking about, you know, how much fun it is having, you know, people come down and, uh, you know, explore the area and, and also, you know, it's great catching up with people and yeah, swapping yeah. and skills and stuff. But, yeah, you know, to, you know, host some kind of uh, not so much a workshop but just a tour and, you know, people come along and get some, you know, purest landscape people down and just have a really great time exploring the south coast and you know sharing a few great locations and a few beers afterwards and you know all creating content to show off this beautiful area and sounds hopefully spread the word of tourism but you know not only you know come down and take photos but you know hang out and go have some beers and support the local businesses and you know, a bit of lunch here and stay here. So, you know, I think that's what, um, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, what's the best way of helping out the... Uh, yeah, come and visit. ...tourism towns is just come and visit and spend up, you know. The money that you might spend uh, going to Iceland or Patagonia or overseas, <laughs> just come down and drop in a small town. And, you know, I tell you what, at the moment, like every cup of coffee you buy is, is appreciated by small businesses down here at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as I said to uh, Josh, anything that I can do and any anyone listening as well that uh, might have any ideas or might have any uh, particular uh, skills that they could bring to bear on something like this once we're, yeah. we're out of lockdown, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help in any way I can. Oh, that's awesome, mate. So it'd be, I think there's a, a good fun idea there to be had. Definitely. But also, um, you know, I'm, more I'm always up for another trip to the Sapphire Coast. <laughs> I mean, more immediately, hopefully this uh, lockdown will finish soon. But, you know, yeah. whale season down here is just about to kick off in a big way. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's early September now and, you know, mid-September is, is when the peak season really starts for, for the southern whale humpback migration and i tell you what that is a blast for any photographers wanting to improve their skills or yeah. learn a new skill going out on the uh, whale boats and shooting you know fast moving whales breaching it's it's a really fun thing to do between big landscapes so yeah, I've, I've tried it a few times i have a lot more misses than i have uh, successes but uh, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're either not quite in focus or they're you know not oh, yeah. zoomed in far enough or <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest tips is to totally uh over caffeinate yourself before you get on the boat so yeah. i always make sure i throw down at least you know a couple of uh, double shot coffees before you get on the boat to make sure you're highly alert and then yeah. uh, yeah, you don't want to take your eye off the prize. Just keep looking down that lens and yeah. keep your eye on the water. It's, uh, don't get distracted. That's that's the be- best tip. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's uh, you know part the, one of the hardest parts is not not being distracted. You know, you, usually they're in, where was the last time I did it? I think it was up at Port Stephens somewhere. It was the last time I I, I tried a, a whale shoot and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I got a couple that were just just about okay, but yeah, just yeah. just nothing that I'd uh, nothing that I'd post on social media anyway. But um, part of it, as you say, you know, you're in a beautiful part of the world. It's it's hard to hard to keep uh, focused on on what's going on on the water as opposed to you know looking at the scenery around you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really true. But also the um, you know, the whales down here. Uh, I mean, I could say I, I've done some whale watching up in down the east coast of Australia and, and 
the whale watching, I think, on the Sapphire Coast is probably one of the best yeah. locations in Australia. You, you know, I think the whale behaviour does actually change down here for some reason, and okay. I think it's because, you know, this is um, the whales on the southern migration. They come down the coast past Sydney. They're in travel mode. Yeah, yeah. Setting on down. But when they get to the Sapphire Coast, sort of the, when they get past Eden, that's the last time they see land for a while and they make a beeline straight across to Antarctica. So it's, um, you know, I don't know why, but it's, it's, they get a bit more playful and active and jump more and so yeah. forth. Maybe they're sort of, they're saying see you later to the mainland before they head back down. But it's definitely, yeah, definitely some unique behaviour that happens. Yeah, down it here. sounds like there's a marine biology study study to be done there. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's yeah. um, there's lots of people studying them down here, and lots of people shooting them now too. It's kind of I think uh, well, photography is taking off to be. Yeah, particularly with the drones, you see you see a lot of a lot of those top down shots of the humpbacks, and uh, I think uh, I saw. Um, one bloke, he got a, a blue whale, which yeah, is yeah, pretty, which is pretty unusual. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't know. That would have been amazing to see. I don't know how you see them. It's uh, yeah, it's hard to to spot them on the water, but uh, yeah, what a sight. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh it, it is an amazing experience, and uh, you know, if anyone who who hasn't done it uh, gets the opportunity, I'd I'd say go for it. You know, it's it's well worth the price of admission. Yeah, especially if you've got a great telly lens that's just yeah. in a hole in your, your bag and you haven't used it for a while. Take it out on the boat and give it a well, dust well, the cobwebs well, off it. That, that, that's all my lenses at the moment. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I know. I, um, I, I actually just bought a, a two times convert. Well, just bought uh, quite a while ago now. Uh, a two times converter, and I've been able to shoot with it once. Uh, because I'd, I'd bought it, then um, shot with it once that one weekend, and then uh, lockdown started, so I haven't had a play with it. But that that two times, it, I've got a seventy to two hundred, you know, yep. boosting that up to that four hundred mark. Real, it really makes a difference. And the the seventy to two hundred is a nice piece of glass, and with the the two times extender on it, it's it's still just as nice. Oh yeah. Great, great news. I've got one of those, which I carry every week. So I'm kind of, uh, I, I, I swap around between four lenses, really. It's in my, my, in my bag. So I, um, but I'd have to say my, you know, in terms of lens use, my, my favourite, I like the 24 to 105. It's, it's yeah. a really nice, nice lens to, you know, after the sun comes up, I whack that on the, Camera body, and I kind of use that throughout the day just to take take day shots and stock shots and you know bed shots. It's such a great versatile lens. For, it's a, for pretty much got got everything you need. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the ultra wide. Uh, yeah. So what what about your your processing style? What is what is it that you do there that? Uh, oh. <laughs> do not do enjoy. I enjoy do I enjoy processing? Oh. <laughs> Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah, do you know, it's not the most favourite part of the thing, yeah. the, the work. I, I, you know, I love it when um, when I've been out to do it, my own landscape stuff, and, and I've come home with, a, you know, knowing I've got a great shot, and then I enjoy it. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, editing on the commercial work and regular work. Well, that's that's work, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's such a chore. But you know what? It's it's nothing that special. I download into Lightroom. I've got some presets which I pretty much you know overlay onto everything. Yeah, uh, I've got a sort of my own little sort of standard sort of preset that I put across everything, and then I sort of you know work on a bit of a triage system where I I um, go and mark you know do a first sort of edit. And then I'll, you know, do another edit over the top, and then I'll sort of gradually work down and, um, you know, come up with my 
10 best shots maybe from a, yep. from a shoot download but uh, when, when, when you know you've got the one what how long would you spend processing that that one that you say yep yeah, this is magic I really really like it uh, maybe probably a good hour um, yep. yeah probably a good hour between you know lightroom and then do some adjustments in Photoshop and then I always make sure I let it rest for a while like a few days and um, come back to it later come yeah. back to it yeah particularly i you know if you're working too long and i think you can overthink things yep and yep i've done, sure done that, that, that many a time <laughs> got, got halfway through an edit not feeling it put it away yeah. and come back away. to it. even start again you know you're not oh yeah i've done that a few times <laughs> but i think you know one of the big things is just you know, before you publish it or whatever you want to do with it, just sit on it for a while and yeah. you know, look at it, re-look at it again. So that would be that would be the biggest tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you get the odd one where you know the the amount of editing you got to do is fair, fairly light. Uh, I actually found yeah. found an old one in the archive that I was uh, playing with the other day, and uh, you know. It literally took me five minutes because there was oh. a couple of tweaks on contrast and that was it. Yep. It's, you know, if you've got a great single shot, then, yeah, yeah. fantastic. You know, I can... It doesn't happen often. <laughs> I can pump that out of Lightroom and, yeah, in about five or ten minutes. It's, yeah. uh, it's good. It's, yeah, just sort of you know, down the highlights, up the shadows and doing a bit of adjustments and things like that. Um, but it's when you're sort of going into those more complicated processes... You know, photo stacking and layering. And, no. So, and is there anyone, time. anyone that you go to for advice if you're looking for advice on, you know, a, a, a shot or, you know, a, a, a particular editing style change that you've made and you want want a second opinion? Is there someone that you you talk to about it? Or yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I've um, yeah, particular. I've got a few yeah good friends that I you know, trust on, you know, particularly different styles, it's depending what, what you're editing and, yeah. and doing like that, you know, landscape stuff, um, particularly astro stuff. I like to, you know, call on my mate Luke Sharkey, you know, the, yep, yep. a bit of a legend and it's got, you know, wherever I'm kind of stumped for a editing, um, editing process or advice, I give him a call and, you know, uh, my mate, down here as well, Pete Hannon, he's an awesome wildlife photographer and knows great tricks about, uh, you know, underwater photography and so forth. But, yeah, there's different people I call on for the different skill sets. It's all makes it's all fun, part of the process, you know. So. Yeah. And I think yeah. you know, that, 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 that's one of the great things about the, the photography community is that, you know, you can, you can go to people and just, you know, say... Take a look at this. What do you think? You know. Oh yeah, you know. What, what am I doing wrong? Because I've, I've, I've clearly screwed this this up. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? And that's yeah, me no. anyway. You, you might not do that. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm, I'm always the first to admit I'm wrong. And, but you know, what a great bunch of people the the landscape photography community is. Uh, you know, I'm kind of lucky. In, you know, when I was in Sydney and doing some stuff up there, I met a lot of really cool people and still in contact today and you know i think everyone's really out supporting each other and have got each other's backs and it's you know i really love to see uh you know people having fun with their photography and finding their niche it's um mm -hmm. really particularly with you know instagram stories you see people on the on the run like you know how cool is uh you know, Matt Finn and his waterfall adventures in the blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. And, uh, you know, it's it's great seeing, um, you know, people find their niche and having fun while they're doing it. Yeah. Really I, and I, th I think that's that's the best thing is, you know, just looking at people, you know, having, having a, clearly having a lot of fun doing what they're doing and, you know, sh sharing that. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's one of the... One of the greatest things I think about the photography community, you know, it's you, you you get to share, you know, with a with a a lot of people that you know are like minded and uh, you know 
always keen to keen to help. At least yeah. that's that's the experience I've had anyway. Yeah, no, I've I find it too. It's you know everyone's everyone's great and different in their own way and have got their own quirks. But I think you know what the underlying theme is. I think that everyone just has a really deep respect for for nature and uh, yeah. you know that's that's the the common thread that sort of oh, definitely it's the commune in community i think so it's it's really really great bunch of people definitely so what's the uh best experience you've had while taking shots um you know i think the best experience is getting the unexpected i think it's um you know it's it's getting out there you know finding locations and but just having that you know having that unexpected experience when you're out that you didn't see coming and you get home, you're like, wow, that was incredible. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be a, um, it doesn't have to be the sunrise or anything. It could, it could be a, you know, a dolphin leaping out of the water while you're shooting or a, uh, you know, some crazy seagull coming down and picking a fish out of the water yeah, yeah. or, you know, a whale breaching or, you know, oh, you know, just finding a deserted beach with no footprints on it. It's just yeah. those, those small moments that when you when you get out, I, I think are the, the best. And um, you know, it's just it's you feel really privileged, you know, knowing that uh, you, you're actually experiencing these things Definitely. when other people when other people are on the train going to work and <laughs> or, or asleep. <laughs> yeah, or asleep still. So. It's. I think it's, it's definitely the things that uh, you come away. But you know, you you can't beat you know getting out to your favourite spot and getting some really crazy goddamn good light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, coming through, and it doesn't necessarily be the the banging skies. It's the those golden rays or those moments. I think, I think it's all you know. As we know, it all comes down to light, and if you get a you know, magic light moment that just takes your photo to that next level. It's yeah, totally. Score. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm totally with you there. What yeah. What about uh, things that um, you've not liked, or you know, what, what What's the worst experience you've had? Uh you know, the worst experience you've had is yeah, going out on a grey day and. And uh, you know, just not getting any light, or my pet hate. You know, I, I even even a blue sky I can work with, but a, a blue sky with a dirty big cloud bank on the horizon, the worst. almost always there across the horizon, and yeah, and when that happens, day after day after day, and yep. there's not much you can do with that one. So, <laughs> I've often been known to, uh, you know, you drive out before before the light comes and even get to location and just see this dirty big cloud bank and just going, nah, I'm uh, going come back to bed. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my pet hate. If you, uh, if anyone sees those cloud banks, think of me stomping my feet. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember, remember actually one of, one of my worst mornings was uh, a really nice sunrise, but uh, I forgot the, um, the, uh, shoe for the tripod. I disconnected it to, you know, clean clean the camera a couple of days before, and just forgot to screw it back on the bottom of the camera, and it wasn't on the tripod, and it was sitting at home, and I was at a beach staring at a fantastic sunrise, going, hmm, okay. Yeah, so that's that's nature telling you something. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Check your gear. We'll make sure you pack your bag the night before. Yeah, so. check it, and ever since then, check, double check. Make sure all the batteries are charged. Make sure we're all there. Exactly, exactly. It's um, an absolute must. So what do you like to do when you're not out shooting? Uh, shooting. <laughs> when, I'm not at, when I'm not out shooting, I like to shoot more and test my limits. But um, <laughs> it's, I mean, as I said, I, I'm really, you know, using this time to, you know, learn to shoot outside of the uh, sunrise and sunset um, times. And, you know, you'd be surprised uh, what great shots you can still get, you know, particularly, you know, they don't necessarily have to be 
works of art. But, yep. um, you know, if you're looking to advance your photography uh, business and become commercial, go out and do some stock shots. It's, it's just, uh, you know, finding your favourite place and then, you know, working with these, you know, nice blue sky days and take some shots and go hiking and do a, do a bit of a, uh, you know, try and do a bit of a photo essay on something. Like if you go for a bushwalk, you know, make sure you get a picture of the, you know, the sign leading into it, a bit of track work, yeah. uh, a bit of flora and fauna that represents that and get the views along the way. And if you come out with a nice little package of 10 shots on that, mm. it's really, you know, it's really saleable. So, yeah, definitely. And uh, even if you don't sell them, I, I think they make great content for your, your stories, for example. You know, you might, oh. they might not be your, um, your A roll that you, you know, put in a post or, or, or even a reel if you're doing video. But, um, you know, cert- certainly if, if you want to put it into your stories as, uh, as, as the story about how that yeah. shot came about, you know, yeah, yeah. I think doing yeah. these sort of things, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And even like, I don't do a lot myself, but you know, then I'm usually driving, you know, when dr- driving in the middle of the night to, uh, to, to wherever I'm shooting. <laughs> yeah. I, I always try and get a little bit of video footage of getting a, a magic photo opportunity. It's, I've got to remind myself to do it though. But yeah, I, also, I, I, I just keep forgetting to do it. That's. <laughs> I also like shooting events as well, community yep. events that you need. There's some really sort of quirky, cool stuff that goes on in terms yeah, yeah. of you know, music and the art scene and so forth. And, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, volunteering to, to go and shoot these things, and particularly, you know, trying to capture people and community and a bit of the, the vibe and lifestyle that goes on down here. So I'm collecting a bit of a, you know, uh, a bit of a, a future, you know, a future stock of images, which I hope you know maybe you know they're exciting at the time, but I think you know when people maybe pull them out in fifty years' time, they'll get a good laugh and you know looking about what people are wearing and I always make yeah. sure I put yeah. a car there, just some sort of timestamps that give the photo, um, you know. A, yeah, I, I, I remember going through. Grandparents' photo albums and um, you know old books and whatever with those yeah. photos, and I, th- I think a lot of people forget to sort of that those historical documentary style things. You know, they they actually might not be ter- you know they might be quite banal at the time when you take them because they're an everyday site, but it's those everyday sites that end up in the history pages at some point. You know. Yeah, that's correct. You know, I, I like going to the um, museum here in the library and just looking at all those shots and getting ideas of, you know, what what they capture. And, yeah. you know, even when you're leaving a beach or something, to get a shot of a full car park showing all the cars and a few buildings, you know, as you say, it doesn't look great. It's not that interesting now, but in 50 years' time, 100 yeah. years' time, that's, that's going to look really interesting. So yeah. People are going to look back and go, oh, what are those things? <laughs> yeah, look at that funny. Yeah, they used to drive cars back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm building up a bit of a um, portfolio, portfolio of that stuff, which you know I'm, yeah. I'm just keeping keeping aside, and you know maybe it might be my legacy on the area down here one day. No, so that's that, that's all cool. and and uh, have a have a look and a laugh at all the all the cool stuff that, that was around, but. Yeah, so that's that's what that's what else I do. I'm always always got a project on the boil. Yeah, and I, I think that's important. And uh, you know, it partic- particularly if you're planning to become a professional, you know, uh, you've you've got to look for those opportunities and those projects, and always be coming up with the the, the next idea, and not just sort of rest on your laurels and hope that oh, well, the portfolio that I've built. You know, I can I can just keep reselling that because you know you, you can to a point, but as you say, you know, if you, it, it I, I think you become a bit creatively stale, and I think also you, you you also miss out on so many opportunities that you know you can put together you know stock shots or you know 
a historical portfolio for for the future. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, one of the tips is just do stuff that's of general interest to you as well. Go and shoot, you know, daytime stuff that's of general interest. And then Absolutely. You, you keep yourself occupied then. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, so yeah, you just, you just got to keep, keep growing those photography skills and thinking about little projects on the side and, you know, building, building your portfolio that way. Definitely. definitely. And it's beyond landscapes and uh, particularly, you know, COVID now, what a, what a great time to get out and try and photograph and capture the mood and the, and the scene, you know, the, whether it's in the city or the country about what's happening at the moment. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, go around to your local businesses and take photos of everyone, you know, wearing their masks and there's a, there's a really uh, photo that's a, Point in time, and definitely. Well, so, yeah. no, might we might be wearing them for some years? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, what are what are the photographers uh, that are out there that you think you should be on the podcast? Who, who should I be talking to? Yeah, I mean, Luke's always got a great story to tell about about uh, photography, but any of the. Uh, Tasmanian photographers as well is uh, what a great bunch of people and what an awesome um, state to photograph. But uh, it would be nice. I mean, I'm, I'm not sort of that well connected with photographers in other states, but it'd be great to hear from hear from some uh, landscape photographers in Western Australia and the Northern Territory and yeah, yeah. Tasmania and, and, you know, Talk about the uh, yeah the countryside there. It's, um, totally. it's quite yeah. unique. I think it's uh, you know a, a lot of the the people we know are very New South Wales centric. It's it's nice to, to yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying trying not to be with the, uh, the 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 podcast and the guests. Uh, you know, trying to trying to get some international, but definitely also some interstate. So um, for for me. I wouldn't have called it for you know landscape photography world. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it is about trying to capture some of the world of landscape photography. But uh, yeah. well, one of my favorite one of my favorite photographers of all time is uh, Paul Nicklin. If you can get him on your podcast, I'd be uh, very impressed. But you know, I I've, definitely give it a go. <laughs> I love everything he produces. It's kind yeah. of that great combination of landscape and wildlife and his uh you know his polar shots are just happening you know from polar and antarctica are just insane you know the icebergs and the seals and yeah. the rivers it's just uh I think he's just absolutely incredible guy well de- definitely uh put him on the list yeah yeah all right lastly and the most important uh question Pineapple on pizza? Oh no way! <laughs> no, yeah, no, not a fan, not a fan at all. I'm a traditionalist, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, nah. I, I, I like a good margarita pizza with nothing on it and a few beers. So yeah, fair enough. Pineapple, pineapple can stain the can, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much for talking to me, uh, Dave. It's been absolutely wonderful catching up with you and uh, really fantastic hearing about how you do what you do. Uh, Where can people find your work? People can find my work on Instagram, Davey underscore Rogers, or you can find me on Facebook, David Rogers Photography. All right. Thanks very much. Excellent. Thanks, Grant. Thanks for having me on. It's been uh, it's been great to sort of you know talk about the experience down here. And as I say, I hope I hope people come down and if they do, look me up and give me a buzz. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work and this podcast on grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon. 